0: I was supposed to tell this story about how Cain had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home. With a dummy in a coffin. Oh my God! With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin, having mock sex with this man. Oh my God! No! <laughs> oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, and and Vince is yelling at me, God damn it! Do it harder! Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the
1: top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Um.
0: See, all of this just came on my radar today. I was looking and they, they, Bruce Mitchell had that tweet that he's joined up with, with Conrad on the ad free shows at adfreeshows.com.
1: Okay. See, I missed all that too. I've
0: been, out yeah, of it's the, huge. I, I, I've been out of the loop a little bit. Huge, massive. And of course, you know. Uh Conrad has, has his cadre of stars, including now Gerald Briscoe, who I saw just put out a pretty good tribute to Pat Patterson. We'll get to that in a minute. So he puts out Bruce is going to be doing a hotline show for Conrad. So all of these fuckers that are like Vince Russo guys, and they keep mm-hmm. dogging. I don't know if you've seen the shit that they've done about Bruce, like talk about how ugly he is and how nasty oh, he looks. Have you just seen over it? the past few months and years or whatever. The extreme Christian stuff that Vince Russo has been doing. Yes. Vince Russo, the pot-smoking Christian out there in Colorado. Uh, who continues to, and it is pot
1: smokers a bad name. I'm just going
0: to say that. He really does. They just passed the thing in the House of Representatives to decriminalize marijuana. And like, he makes me want them to go ahead and just criminalize it again. Cause that's what he does with me. So they, they dog this. They dog him all the time. They just say Bruce is, and they talk about, you know, how ugly he is and shit and just how nasty. And it's like, I don't know what you guys are doing. I have no idea. And I haven't. I can't remember that co-host name that he has. But we remember there was a day when we thought, well, surely this guy has some sort of sensibility or morals or ethics or some sort of brain, and he'll break off from. No, that guy's still there. I can't remember what that fucker's name was. But they. they keep, oh, are you talking about the dude that we met at,
1: at, at uh, WrestleCade
0: that time? Did we meet the, him there in the lobby? I don't know. I know he was. His it's name. He was. Same guy. He wrote like a book about working in the food service industry or something, and they've got him in in one of the photos, and he looks like lonelier than than um, Virgil ever looked at any signing. The, it's not to sign Matt, his,
1: is it? Matt's not his first name. My, no. I
0: can't even remember the guy. Matt or Jeff or either. something. And I thought Jeff, well, it
1: might be Jeff. Jeff sounds right, actually. No, few,
0: I, I can't even remember. A few years ago, uh, he was, you know, and I'm like, well, let's see, let's see for you, Vince Russo Marks, you're thinking Bruce Mitchell's a fucking idiot and he, you know, couldn't get laid with a fistful of 20s at a French whorehouse and all this other shit, all these terrible things you say about him. Let's see, He's working with Conrad. Conrad's like the number one guy. Conrad's guys actually get paid. Vince is still working with the Realm Network, who pieces of shit, pays nobody, doesn't do anything. Just saying. Just, just, just saying. Like the worst. He's working with Mark Ronick and those guys, and they're just the worst people. And I, you, you, have you guys figured this out yet? That like Vince Russo is a piece of shit? I mean, is it, how hard is it for you guys to figure this out? And after you're making fun again of this Bruce Mitchell person who's just the worst thing ever in the history of the earth, he gets to work with Conrad Thompson. Who's rich, by the way, legitimately could live anywhere he wants to, chooses to live in Huntsville, can travel all over the world, stays in four star hotels. The lifestyle that his father in law used to profess to live, Conrad actually lives. He's actually that guy. Yeah. And now Bruce is getting paid by that guy and Vince Russo is still over there whacking his pud with Mark Ronick and the realm network. So I don't, so I mean, figure it out. And I just, I don't, your- you know, I,
1: I just, I, I don't really see anything wrong with that picture, to be quite honest.
0: <laughs> and just and I, for those people that just continue to worship at the altar of Vince Russo, whose best days are. 23 years in the past. I would, I would say, you know, gone, gone, gone. Now, just, uh, come on. I just saw now, your, well, I, I just saw your stupid ass t-shirt. So fuck you for that. Oh, uh, you're, well. you're, <laughs> that's the worst shit in the history, but Conrad would approve of it because, you know, roll tide uh, and all that shit. This is this was
1: no tribute to Conrad, but you know, I hope he does like it. I just, I, <laughs> yeah. Sheer Conrad, coincidence.
0: If you want to throw some money this way, because he, Brian's going to kick your ass, come on board.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: Now, um I, I, I uh, blah, 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 blah. okay, back up. You got me on. Um.
0: Before I start, I rudely interrupted you about. Mark no, Target. that's
1: okay. You got me off the, you got me off track there, but that's okay. I'll think of it. Uh, whatever we were talking about.
0: I was talking about Mark Gronick and the stupid ass Realm yeah, Network and all we'll that, that shit and how, how he you know they never oh, do yeah. anything.
1: I know what I was going to say. Yes. Um, you remember? Um, and we've said this before. We'll say it again. You know, we gave the we gave him a chance. Did we not? Oh, without question, we gave him a chance. Two chances, if I'm not
0: mistaken. I'll, I'll even say this. I actually kind of warmed up to the guy a little bit. I actually hey, hey, I, thank you. I Thank actually you. kind of warmed I, up to the guy a, a bit. And then all of a sudden he goes on his, you know, proselytizing, uh, anti-trans, homophobic, misogynist bullshit. I call and the, him out. And, and instead of coming to me like a man and saying to stop it or like doing something with me, even on our podcast, he to the and complaint. Don't say those things about me. It hurts my feelings. It's-
1: but looking back it's so typical, you know, it's so oh, fucking no. typical. It was disappointing at first, oh, but no. it, you know, he kind of proved himself. You've seen a pattern over the
0: with, over the period of time you've seen a pattern with this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, I, I, now he could have been thinking all those nasty thoughts and all he you know, he spews now verbally and and and, and on paper or whatever on online or whatever, you know, however he transmits his, you know, fucking brainwaves of bullshit he could have had those in his mind when he was talking to us, but he didn't really convey that, you know, he just, he was, he kind of played middle of the road kind of dude and more likable dude. And that's why we kind of warmed up to him. It was like, well, you know, maybe he kind of, you know, with age, maybe he's looking back going, you know, maybe I have kind of fucked things up and, and stuff, but, like you said, man. It wasn't wasn't long after that it started spewing on the internet.
0: Uh, and Jeff Lane is the guy who Jeff uh, Lane.
1: The- I, yeah, when you said Jeff, I thought it was Jeff. After you said that,
0: Jeff L- Lane is the co-host who goes along and drinks his Kool Aid and and does all the shit for him, and probably does all the shit work for him. And he gets just shekels from Mark Ronick and those guys because I know what it's like to try to get paid by that crew and it's like you know holding the guy upside down trying to fucking shake the change blues of him him, yeah. him and Mark, <laughs> him and those guys at the realm network and you know now mark's part of the or part of this cult or whatever the fuck did, I, I showed you that clip did not I? yeah, I that?
1: yeah the, the one that rock gave it oh this? god uh, yeah it was awful. It's like they're part of Scientology or something. It I'm is, wondering. man. That's exactly what I thought of when I, when I saw that.
0: Except the Scientologists go after people with money. I happen to know that Mark of the Realm Network are fucking broke. So, okay. I, I mean, I don't understand what they're trying to do. You don't even get your cult right if you're going after poor people. You can't make it that way, guys. Do I have to tell people how to do a cult correctly? Jesus. I, 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 write, you, write
1: you a book on how to how to make a cult, how to form a cult.
0: It's not a money mark until there's money. I don't know if you understand this. I don't know if you get that. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Vince Russo has tried Six Ways to Sunday to get Tony Khan's number, and Tony's been like, I'll sign anybody. Oh, not you. Take two steps back. Sorry. <laughs> Generally, yeah, he's trying to get money out of uh, Tony Cobb. but you know, congratulations Oil. to Bruce on joining the ad-free shows and all that shit. Yeah, that's a, that's a great deal shit. all the way around. That's awesome. I mean, I I'm going to look and see. I'm going to see who his peer group is that were ad-free shows. Yeah, we gave we gave Russo a chance, and I'll say yeah. that we you know when he came on our show and did whatever he did, I was I was happy to have the increased downloads and all that shit. Oh, yeah. they got all the different stuff that had free shows at the different levels. I told you the different levels that they had, right, that one time when we were making fun of them? Yeah, but you know, yeah. at the same time, it's – We're not going to make, make fun of them anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. But you can get – it says – you can get in for like nine bucks a month with the, all the stuff. Okay. So it's like $9 a month, so that's a pretty good deal. And then after $29 a month, you can get like a T-shirt and shit too. Let me see. Uh, yes. Yeah. You do get 10% off at com and pro wrestling com Let me break that down for you. If it's a $20 shirt, you only pay 18. Ah, thank you. Conrad, maybe make a little better. Where were you with in with high guys. school? I needed I, you. <laughs> maybe make a little better deal with those pro wrestling tees guys. Uh, Conrad, just saying. <laughs> yeah oh
1: wait a you're, minute you're not a, you're not an economics guy or anything but just no, you know maybe. throwing if, it out there
0: if you go to the the next level to the um my push for 49 dollars a month you get 20 percent off boxer and pro wrestling so again that same 20 dollar t-shirt would only cost you 16 for 49 dollars a month over there i was not ready to pull my calculator out thanks for doing that he goes <laughs> Uh, Bruce sent me a message like, um, "Well, you go. You got to slam two people at once on that whole situation." Went, yeah, <laughs> it also has the value of being true because I tweeted it out earlier. I was, I was just, I was just stunned by that. If you're there and you're nakedly like Vince Russo, Mark, and then you see, wait a minute, hang on, Bruce Mitchell, this guy who's supposed to be a complete piece of shit and the most horrid person in history, he gets to work with Conrad, huh? And my hero is stuck over here with the JV level podcasters, <laughs> huh? strange odd how does odd, that work
1: yeah well <laughs> you know they're like other people that, that have drank kool-aid and can't understand truth and facts and stuff so you know it's not really that unbelievable that these people exist did you ever listen to the mark and
0: lowell show no i don't because Ad, Ad, adam uh used to sit me off to him i am not a camp- oh you're being too hard but it really is not funny it really is super not funny it's very it's it's humorous because I would talk to Mark and he said that his de-emphasis when he was the intern for Don and Mike became when uh, they started getting too much attention and shit like that. I'm like, oh, and then when he went okay. over and he was on with Mike O'Meara, when Mark and Lowell started doing their own thing on the the Mike O'Meara thing, then allegedly Mike got pissy with him because again the popularity of the Mark and Lowell show took away from some of the spotlight of. <laughs> Of Mark of Mike O'Meara, which I think is funny. Okay, it's egos, egos when there shouldn't be egos. I got you. It is. And it's hard to choke that show down. It really is. What I, I would always hear them talk about camp from like 30 years ago and 80s movies. That's all I would hear them say. They didn't have any any kind of fresh takes or any kind of hot takes or anything at all. It was really bad.
1: Oh, I, I could, uh, I can, I, I could go to town with the most 80s movies, but other than that, it
0: was it's not it's it was just not interesting or anything. They would just be like, "Hey, remember Better Off Dead?" Yeah, oh, kind of like the kind of like the Chris Farley in the it elevator exactly, with Paul McCartney. Exactly. It was like that, Okay. Hey, hey, John, John Cusack, Remember when that kid said he wanted his two dollars back? That was, that was awesome. Was exactly- that was cool. Yeah, yeah, really- I remember that. I remember I was, that. That was really good. I like that. <laughs> that's that's essentially what it was. <laughs> hey, 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 remember that long duck dong guy? <laughs> that 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 was awesome. <laughs> It's like an hour of that shit. It's really that—that's the mark of the old show. Married, <laughs> and, and then I think the boys on the game marathon. Like there was an awful lot of shit. There's awful lot of like talk about poop on that show too. For some, oh, for whatever reason, man. there there was some talk about poop. Like, hey, hey, remember that time on Home Alone when he put the aftershave on his face and it hurt him? That, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No, so that so they got some
1: uh NPR going on there too, sounds like <laughs> it
0: is, it is. <laughs> and
1: that's all they fucking some ever sweaty
0: balls, do. yeah. Okay, hey, hey, do you remember that time? Um, um, that Molly Ringwald and, and those guys were trapped in the library, and it was a Saturday, that was awesome, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um. At the end, um, they were walking off, and they played "Don't You Forget About Me." That was, that was, that was awesome. And he,
1: and he throws, and he throws his Jud Nelson throws his fist in the air. That was so cool.
0: Oh, that was awesome. Oh, God, I could watch that over and over. <laughs> remember, um, um, you remember on um about last night when um Rob Lowe's fucking to me more? Yeah, that, that was awesome. That was I was I was so jealous of
1: both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean uh, uh, of Rob Lowe. I'm sorry. What did I say?
0: <laughs> see that's a way funnier take than you would ever hear on mark and lowell that's like the, <laughs> there's a bob seeger track on that soundtrack and I, it's yeah. called it's like is it living outside myself or something like that i know it's not living inside myself but that's no, in it's here um uh, no yes yeah,
1: living outside myself or something like that Yeah.
0: Uh, i got I to gotta find yeah, it. I look this up now. We'll talk about Pat Patterson in just a moment because that's, uh, that's like a very sad story. Here we go. Shakedown by Billy Squire on that soundtrack. Everybody remembers Man in Motion by John Parr. That was the hit, yes, right? Everybody yes. remembers that one. The main song. Uh, Shakedown by Billy Squire. The Time Was Something by John Anderson. David Foster with the love theme, of course. Another yeah. shit. No, everybody, People know that one, too, probably. Wait, wait, wait What is this? me off because they don't. Is it not only if it's in the movie, is it on the soundtrack? The Bob Seger song. It's uh, about last night, right? Oh, it's about last night. I'm looking at the wrong movie. I was looking at Say Almost Fire for some reason. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mind, my, yeah. my mind went crazy. Now we're talking. Uh, so far, so good by Sheena Easton. Natural Love by Sheena Easton. One of the producers apparently was banging Sheena Easton. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Good for him. God dang. Living inside my heart. Living like inside my heart. We're, we're both were close, and I I don't believe the Silver Bullet Band gets a billing on this. I think it no. is just Bob Seger solo with no uh, with no Silver Bullet Band. Mm. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I can I can see that. Not
1: being, a lot of background vocals in that song.
0: Being a huge fan of Bob Seger, I didn't even know about this song for many years because I didn't really care about. Uh, those movies back then. I just didn't. Yeah, I just wasn't. I don't and know. Like,
1: oh, you want to, uh, n- n- not to go off the rails here, but yes. uh, you, you're talking about just the 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 romantic comedy the type Brad, movies or the, the whole the Brad Pack the Brad Pack, uh, Brad the Brad
0: Pack, Pack movies. Type. Yeah, and okay. I was. I'll oh. be honest with you. In the eighties as well. I was not the John Hughes aficionado. The people of my generation were. I was not. Okay. In on, I was not in on that. I was. I like I, some of them. I was never a huge fan, and then later on oh, I would watch him okay. and I go, Well, I, I see the charm in that. That that was funny. I'm glad but you know, I had to I had to sit through I had to sit through dirty dancing twice just to get laid. Um see
1: the, I haven't done that. I have yeah. not seen dirty dancing. Well, I I know. I tell you it did something to sixteen for that. I'm sorry for you there, pal.
0: It did something to sixteen and seventeen year girls back in the day. Speaking of it sure did. Speaking of uh, feeling jealous for both of them, Patrick Swayze and Hooper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was jealous of both of them. (laughs) And, And now I look back, I wish I would have been a fan of Roadhouse when Roadhouse was out because the Roadhouse is, you know. Pretty good. Roadhouse has All its right.
1: gonna, I, know, I know some people can't see this on the podcast, but I'm going to do my, this is my imitation of, of Sam Elliott when he first walk, rides up. Okay. To see Patrick Swayze at the, at the roadhouse. And you remember Perfect. what the name of it was, right? The, the, the double name deuce. Of the place. Okay. He rides up and gets off his motorcycle and walks up, <laughs> looks up, and flips his hair back, says, the double douche. <laughs>
0: that's exactly what he says. <laughs> so, it's, yes, it's a tr- Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a tremendous movie. All right, we'll go on to the death of Pat Patterson because that's an actual segue. Uh, <laughs> Roadhouse, yeah. Probably. yeah. Sad to hear about the death of Pat Patterson, who I, I think, I don't know what the legacy of, he, uh, of Pat Patterson is going to be. I don't think you would have ever seen the ascendancy of WWE into the world powerhouse that it became in the eighties without the help of Pat Patterson. The first time that I ever saw or heard the name Pat Patterson, it was on one of the, I'm sure it was one of the after mags, uh, on the newsstand. And it was him and Sergeant Slaughter in a bloody, uh, brawl. And I don't know if that was in San Francisco or if that took place at Madison square garden. I think there's a pretty famous match, um, where they beat the shit out of each other and bleed a lot. Um, in Madison Square Garden, uh, his career in the ring was pretty tremendous. And best known, I would say, for being tag team partners with Ray Stevens. Although I was just reading some information, apparently he did a somewhat effeminate character when he started in 1962 in Northwest uh, in in the Northwest Territory. And I don't know if Don Owen was the owner back then or what, but he was he was doing like a pretty boy Pat Patterson sort of situation back in those days matt it was don owens uh pacific northwest patterson developed the character of pretty boy pat patterson an effeminate wrestler who wore lipstick sunglasses and a beret and carried a cigarette holder (laughs) cigarette holder i remember he's not an openly gay guy at this point he's still holding his lifestyle and his proclivities for well it was 1962 so yeah uh, even at that point uh john kennedy is still alive at that point correct 1962. uh, you are correct Mountain
1: skiing, uh, several people, yeah, still
0: alive. In 1963, Patterson wrestled for promotions in uh, Texas, Arizona, and Oklahoma as part of a town exchange by Owen. He returned to the Pacific Northwest in '64. He held the NWA Pacific Northwest Tag Team Championship, which sounds like some shit they just made up. Um, on October 64, uh, October 2nd of 1964, he defeated Pepper Martin for the NWA Pacific Northwest Heavyweight Championship. Pepper Martin, another one of those. Didn't he play for the New York Giants? He was great, Pepper Martin. but I think uh, George uh, thought that this one guy in his office looked like um, Sugar Ray Leonard, and uh, mistakenly Kramer thought he was trying to talk him into Pepper Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Not salt, but Pepper Johnson? No. Pepper <clears throat> Johnson? <laughs> It was uh, in big-time wrestling from 1965 to 1977 when uh, he worked for Roy Shire that he really made his name. The Blonde Bombers with Ray Stevens, who, of course, was uh, – I think that was Roy Shire's brother, wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't his real name Ray Shire? Ray Shire? Yes, I think I, – well, maybe I'm wrong about that. But anyway, they were a fantastic tag team, and people talked about them for a long time, and they worked all over the place and um, kind of set the standard for what a great tag team was. Um, it's somewhat in the same way that people talk about, um, I guess, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Slater. Mm. Right? They talk about them a lot. Right?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, that was a pulled out one out of the the bag there. But yeah, that's yeah. a good one though. I like that.
0: They, they talk about the, that tag team a lot and how how good that those guys were back in the day. And then later on, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Patterson, of course, is Vince McMahon's right hand man. For many, many years, he had to leave the company for a couple of years because of a scandal, but was hired back when the heat kind of subsided on that whole situation. And I think Pat Patterson, to me, there's two great finish guys in the history of wrestling. It's him and Eddie Graham. I I know that there's some others that were able to come up with some great finishes and do some great things, but I think those guys stood head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't know – who would be better than the other? I let the historians kind of battle it out. But, th- th- you know, you hear all these stories about they'd be in St. Louis on a card or Texas on a card or Paul Bosch would need to finish for a match and they get Eddie Graham on the phone and Eddie would figure out something amazing. And Pat Patterson goes to his grave. Kind of controversial. There are a few people who say that he knew about what was going to happen in Montreal in 1997. There are a lot of people that say that he didn't know. So I don't, I'm not really sure. Uh, Pat Patterson did They fed the finish to Pat Patterson one way or the other. They said to him, You know, we should do something where they reverse the, uh, you know, the Bret Hart's finishing move there, the sharpshooter, the sharpshooter. Yeah. Uh, And so Pat, either knowing or unknowing, very innocently fed it to him, said, This is what we're going to do. This is the spot. You got to do it. And of course, in the match itself, uh, Sean starts doing it all wrong, and then Brett says, no, you got to put the foot here, and my leg's got to be – and then he helps him, and, of course, then after that, he completely screws him. Um, and then Pat is there getting his boss out of the arena, as you can see at the end of the Montreal job in 1997. So we'll, we'll never know if Pat Patterson was in on it or not. I think he always claimed that he was not in on it. Uh, but, yes, one of the great finishes – they they always do. Well, eventually Sean coped to it. Even in his, you know, as as God came into Sean Michael's heart, and I was watched say, doesn't,
1: doesn't he have to tell truth about everything now? If there was, isn't that the, isn't
0: that the rule? Allegedly, yeah, allegedly that is the rule. Uh, if you could see a, a porno of Sean Michaels in the locker room banging Sonny from back in the day, Bryant, would you watch that? And would you be jealous of both
1: of uh, uh, Sunny, like in prime time, Sunny? Uh, we're yeah. talking. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah. Sean, right at,
0: you say what you want to about Shawn Michaels. He doesn't fuck ugly girls. Never has. Well, maybe God he did. for that. Maybe at some point he actually did because he was drunk back in the day or he's pilled up. But I think that would be well, the only. We have we've done that before? <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> I'm not, and and, and 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 you know, as far as that goes. I could be considered an ugly guy that some other girl has. That's
0: exactly right. Banged and so, so That's you know, exactly I, right. I'm down with that. I have no problem with that. But I think there's no know. question that I was particularly back in the day. I mean, I'm much better now. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine would be like, Oh man, chick would be like, nah, fuck this really fat guy. I can't believe. Just really. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the Pat Patterson legacy is that he was such a huge Part of the company, one of the best finish guys of all time. Tremendous in ring career, particularly uh, as a tag team wrestler, but also as a singles wrestler as well. I'd say he was better known as a tag team guy. Completely loyal to the organization. Um, eventually, he, you know, he he did as uh, he became, and and I think for people who live their lives openly as homosexuals in the wrestling business, and there aren't there aren't that many of them, but there are some. I think they would kind of owe a debt of gratitude to Pat Patterson because he eventually did as much as society would allow became an openly gay guy in wrestling him and his partner Louie over a period of time became sort of it just became like a, a sort of, there's there's Pat and there's Louie at a time when they were not allowed for many many years to be married and then of course Louie passed away before they ever would have been allowed to be married um, so I I you know, it, it's quite a legacy, quite a la- life. It's very sad. Every, every one of us has an expiration date. All death is sad. Not all death is tragic. I think we would put this under the category of sad. And at least we had many years of work and a lot of, a lot of fun experiences to uh, talk about with Pat Patterson, who did, you know, his signature song when he would sing karaoke was my way. Yeah. And that kind of was how he lived his life and eventually, you know, he that's that's where he got. Yeah. So, it's 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 a sad situation and, and I know particularly for those who work closely with him. I just saw the Gerald Briscoe tribute. Um and a lot of the I casual a lot of the casual wrestling fans are not going to remember him. If you're of a certain age, he's a stooge, right? Of course. Um him and Gerald Briscoe are are just Of part of the Stooges, and that's what they are, and that's how you remember them. And that was a really funny thing, but it's very interesting that there's going to be, you know, a generation of people or a a majority of fans, even from that day, that are not going to know, you know, how what a contribution Pat Patterson made to the business and also that Gerald Briscoe made to the business.
1: Well, uh, yeah, you can say that about a lot of people, though, I guess, but I, I. I don't know. I, I can't sit here and honestly say that I knew who he was before I started watching WWE a lot in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I maybe saw his name in, like you said, some of the magazines back in the 80s or, or, or something or, or is that sort of thing. But I, he, he didn't really stand out to me. Um, no. Cause I, I, probably because I never saw him. Right. Maybe a, and there might have been a pic, like I said, there might have been a picture or something in, in the magazines I, were, I was looking at and I just don't remember or whatever. But, uh, but there were so many guys kind of that looked like him, like Ray Stevens and, um, those blonde headed dude, like Nick Bockwinkle. They all kind yeah. of had that similar look to him. So I, right. I, I could have got him mixed up with that too. And, you know, it, and there was a couple of other guys that, that never really came around mid Atlantic that, that I, that I n- never saw. But I knew who they were just because they had some quality about them, like uh, Bruiser Brody. You know, Uh, I knew who the hell he was just because of his personality and things he did. So, I I guess Patterson to me just didn't stand out when I was younger as somebody Mm -hmm. that I really remember until, like I said, I guess. So, I'm you know, I'm I'm maybe a little ashamed to say that since I'm such a wrestling dude and everything, I maybe I should know more about him. but, But, but I do know. It certainly seems like that he was certainly well liked a, amongst the boys and the and the girls, absolutely, and the and
0: the people. And to Sean's credit, I think Sean has been one of those guys that's been more than generous in praising and uh, Pat Patterson over the years for his finishes and stuff like that. So I think yeah. he's been, so, you know, as much as we talk about what a piece of garbage, Sean Michaels has been for a, a great part of his life. He's been more than happy to talk about Pat Patterson and his influence and in his career and what he's been able to do. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely, man. I'll give credit where it's due there. And do you I can give credit was... where it's due anytime. You know, that. <laughs> even the people that I hate, even the people I hate,
0: it's this tougher oh. But like, yeah, like, like Vince Russo, for example, like well, I will say nobody destroys promotions as well as Vince Russo does. Okay. I, I'll, I'll go with Jill on, on that one. <laughs> nobody, nobody destroys, take, Lee. Nobody, nobody takes the heart out of wrestling like a Vince Russo. <laughs> He's the very best. Uh, Rips the fuck right out of it. He's the second best finished man in history in that he finishes off the promotion and kills it dead. That's just just, deader than shit. Maybe he didn't understand when he got into WWE because he didn't know shit about wrestling. They they went, hey, you know, Pat over here is the best finished guy. Bro, bro, I'm going to be a good finished guy. Bro, bro, bro. Do you like girls, bro? My finish for WCW. Is Judy on a pole, bro. <laughs> Judy Bagwell on a forklift. That's my finish. I like Judy on a pole better. That just sounds better. <laughs> Judy on a pole, fantastic hit back in the 60s. I love that song. Oh, God, Judy dang. on a pole. <laughs> with glasses. So uh, God bless Pat Patterson and uh, rest in peace. See, he, he would be fine with that. He would be okay with it. He would, he would, be. he would probably laugh at that. Yeah. The great, the great Howard Baum, the um, photographer down in Florida, had a chance to have drinks. He met, he just saw Pat Patterson down in Florida and started bugging him. And one day they hung out and had drink, bought Pat some beers and shit. And, uh, they had a good afternoon a few months ago and Howard talked about it on the 605 super podcast. And it was, it was pretty cool. It, it was a very good memory. And, and being the, you know, the super mark that Howard is, he brought up some unpleasant memories about some other wrestlers that had cost Pat Patterson jobs. And he immediately realized, Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't mention. That. <laughs> so yeah, too late. <laughs> Howard Baum, by the way, is the only guy in the history of the world I've ever heard talk shit about Tommy Young. Yeah. Like, this really. bothers me. This this bothers me greatly because when he was a boy photographer, Tommy Young made him get his elbows off of the mat or something, and this made Howard Bomber. I'm not kidding you. Come on, this, Jim Cornette. Quit holding is, such a
1: goddamn grudge.
0: Goddamn, i will put my goddamn elbows on the mat, and you're not going to say shit about it, motherfucker. This happened 40 years ago, and I'm still fucking pissed. You tell me i put my goddamn... Damn, elbows off the mat, but take over, claw your eyes out, of the skull fuck you, motherfucker Now, don't overreact, Jim. No, <laughs> oh, he's not. He'll be Settle fine. Settle down. Jim's pretty calm these days. I mean him and him and Meltzer have had their blow-ups, but apparently uh you know bygones or whatever but he he's not he's just more disappointed and bewildered that Dave continues to in his words and and i'm from what I'm understanding i haven't seen it the dave meltzer um bio of of pat, pat Pat Patterson the obituary is supposed to be really really good, so okay, and they might even be doing a special over at wrestling observer we can sign up for one month for like three ninety nine or something. Three ninety nine, so, shit, fuck I that. Know. That's that's like the great. It's like a really good deal. So I'm, I'm I'm glad to plug their stuff because you know they're good people over there. They're they're yeah, fine, fine folks. They're they're good people. Yeah, um, I know. So Howard had a, you know, and how again, Howard. I said I challenged Howard I was like, so your big beef against Tommy Young is he hurt seventeen year old boy's feelings for getting his yeah. And he's like, no, he's too theatric and he all over the place and slapping them. I'm like. That's but what that's I him. I know. That's like, <laughs> it's like, that Mick Jagger, why does he have to dance all over the place while he's singing? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why do you have to do that? And, and Pete Townsend, why is he with the windmills and shit? Like, I don't understand, man. Just play. Just play the guitar. God, and you know what? Why, I don't understand why Christy Brinkley always had to fucking wear a, a, a swimsuit. Put on some clothes. God damn I mean, that's <laughs> what... <laughs> I don't understand what is your (laughs) Tommy Young was great I've I've always said it's a very subtle move but as you're a a fan and you watch it now if you watch somebody making a a high spot or something like a like a big power slam in the middle of one of those matches Tommy did this thing where he would grimace and turn his body away from it as though he was and, and, and and psychologically as a fan if you're looking at that you go damn, he sees this shit all the time. If this is violent for him, this must be some sick shit, right? <laughs> and and it was amazing. And that's know, that's why Tommy Young, there's only a few referees that are like anywhere even near the category of a Tommy Young.
1: No, it's just, I don't know. When you think little Nate is up there, He's
0: he's good. He, I think he's in the he's in the next level down. I think Brian Hildebrand was in that next level down. Yeah, I think yeah. Nick Nick Patrick was in there. Yeah, Pee Wee wasn't on that level, but Pee Wee was a damn good referee. He was he was close to that level. I'll say Bill, Bill Alfonso is a referee. He was in that, yeah. that elite level of really good guys. But those guys to me are all and what about, in, what a notch about, what down. about Bronco Lubich? Brock Lubin could suck a big dick. That guy was terrible. He was he was a terrible referee. Him and Roughhouse, man. Him and Roughhouse Fargo. Lube, Earl Hebner, come on. Come on. He, Hebner is in the he's in that elite level, but I still think Tommy's a, you know, one up know. from any of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm and I think a, I think Amber is is as good or Aubrey, I'm sorry, Aubrey. She's Aubrey, Jeez, Aubrey Amber, Annette, yeah. whatever her name is. It's a it's a name that starts with a vowel. It's one of those. I think Aubrey is like in in that level of really great ones. You know, she's
1: getting she and she's getting better too. I, she's I, I, amazing. I
0: like her. Oh my she's god, really good. she is so fun when she got, when she starts fucking with him and stuff. Oh yes. my god, she's taking his shit. I love she, it. She's so uh, eventually they're gonna do something physical with her. Somebody's gonna like slam oh, yeah. her or something. And she's gonna take it like a champ, and It's gonna be amazing. And people oh, like I know. And she's people such a beloved character. You're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Chris Jericho, just, you know, slammed Aubrey. That's the, hes like a full-fledged heel now.
1: No doubt. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, it's, it's oddly enough, I was kind of going through some of the pictures on my phone today, and I came across some of those pictures we talked about recently. That when uh, you and I went up to Martinsville, and I saw yes. Earl Hebner. <laughs> it's such a great picture, man.
0: Earl and Bri- Brian's like twenty or something, right? Brian's like a little. Yeah, he's, he's young, man. He's, in that picture, he's, he's laughing buried. in the background. And I pretended to, I was pretending to like come down across his yeah. back, and then he gr- like I'm gonna. Yeah, really and he's do like it. grimacing, like I'm, about, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not that bad. Come it on. Is, but Brian got it. He was laughing. Oh yeah, Brian. And Brian's a good kid. I always thought, for the most part, Brian was a good kid. Yeah, yeah. He and he, he would, like he, and he he kind of would be humble. he would be Baby Hebner is what he referred to himself as. So Baby he kind of Hebner. knew what he was, you know. mm Hmm. So the the elite level. Like Tommy Young, the best. Next yeah. level down is Hebner, and then Aubrey, and I think Nick Patrick, and I think Brian Hildebrand, and who else would be in that level? Uh, I put Fonzie. Fonzie's in that level.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: um. And, I, and as far as any of the other ones, I can't really think of any. No,
1: no, no more second thoughts on Lubich, huh? No. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, from pretty Okay.
0: Hey, all right. I'm not gonna bring it up again. Bronco Lubitsch, the worst. Okay, very, very not good. Just, <laughs> just ahead of him, Roughhouse Fargo. Just ahead of him, wearing his NWA jumpsuit, which I loved greatly. There's like now. Right, now like what about a, the CWF referees? How about
1: Red and uh, Charles?
0: Well, Charles is the OG, and I liked him a lot. I think Charles is fantastic. And Charles, the was only, great. The only referee I've ever seen who tried to count a vertical pinfall. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> to, do you remember what you remember what song I sang after he did that? Uh, 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 no. From I the window know. to the wall. Don't count that pinfall. <laughs> oh ski 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 oh, ski ski, ski, ski. <laughs> in the most I have to say. <laughs> from my mother- Ryan, for my money, and oh my God. God, I saw, I saw, if I saw ten, I saw fifty classic Trevor Lee matches of CWF. Any of them would be four, five, 20 star, and twenty star in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Any of those, would be, my favorite CWF match was that match. <laughs> oh, dude, it has to be the it boogie has match to be where a woman in a wheelchair was used as an offensive <laughs> weapon. And Charles tried to count a vertical I, pitfall. Like, on the bleachers. <laughs> on, on
1: the wall, at the top of the bleachers.
0: God, and were, I, the thing I learned <laughs> about that emotion is like, they could have gone, well, it's just a house showing at What We're not going to do anything big. And I think there was a title change even that night. Wasn't there like a title yeah, change in Pophtown night? But that they, took the, right. they took the opposite. They were like, we're going to really just go balls out in Poptown. We're just going to go fucking crazy. <laughs> Damn right. And they did. And that, and I'll just remind everybody who hasn't been listening to this podcast for six years, that before the match, that it, it, Rob comes up to me and goes, what should I do with, with the woman in the wheelchair? What do, I, what do you want me to do with it? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not, again, I'm not Pat Patterson. I don't have an awesome finish or anything like that. And he's, I will right, we'll do something. And he runs him and he sells it like he's been shot. <laughs> <laughs> that lady in the wheelchairs all looking around. She was She was extremely confused. She had her even know eyes what to do. As big as Kennedy silver dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a title change in all elite wrestling, but people aren't really talking about that so much, are they, Brian? There was. Let's talk about the title change first. Um, Kenny Omega is your new. AEW World Champion, he defeats Moxley in a controversial finish. Immediately takes his championship, runs out the door with Don Callis. You know him better as Cyrus or Jackal. They go to an SUV that's waiting, and then uh, Marvez interviews them and says, "Okay, what were you guys doing? Blah blah blah." And he goes, oh, I'm going to tell you all about it on Tuesday." Wait a minute, no, all Elite Dynamite airs on Wednesday. And he goes, "I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on Axis." And then we're going to talk about it on Impact. Oh, shit. That's crazy. And they speed off into the waiting SUV. I, 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 um, I'm not really critical of Tony Khan and, and partnering with Impact Wrestling. I don't think it's a mistake. I don't understand. And I don't think that um, AEW gets a lot out of the relationship. I think Impact gets a lot more out of the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah. This feels to me like something... Again, you give Richie Rich some money and he wants to play with a wrestling promotion. He's like, I'll do this and then we'll have vending machines full of soft serve ice cream. And that's, you know, that's essentially what this feels like to me. I mean, if, if something like this can result in Gallows and Anderson wrestling FTR, then I'm like, okay, that works for me. That would, that would make me consider spending 50 bucks on a pay per view. If I could see a co branded promotional you know pay-per-view from these guys which i don't know if that's going to happen or not i'm speculating
1: it's got to be down the road if not
0: sooner and that's fine if they want to go ahead and put some dream matches together ftr against gallows and anderson would be amazing those guys would would knock it out of the park uh, without without any question
1: and then the whole time they'd be going fuck you wwe and if you could see
0: uh, here's another one mjf against ec3 Who, who would not want to see that match Oh, my God. That would be amazing, right? Yes. Yes, it would. Who wouldn't want to see that? So if it results in that, it's fine. I don't know about t- uh, Tony Khan's business acumen, how this improves any of that stuff. Well, he's already been dabbling in NWA stuff with Thunder Rosa. And that's and, fine. And I have no you know, problem with that. And Serena Deeb also was like in an Serena like, Deeb, Yeah. That that's fine. I don't have any issue with that, and I'm not I'm not shitting on Tony Khan in this particular instance. I'll shit on him in, in many many other ways, but I, I mean some of this stuff makes sense. I don't know if it improves the bottom line in any way shape or form. I don't know if it's like a business thing. I don't know if you know Vince McMahon is over the quarter shitting his pants as a as just Vince being as old as he is, he may shit his pants just on the regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's any of that, but you know, I, maybe it does work, turn out to be something, you know, the, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, eventually they fired their GM this week. They did. For that guy. So I don't know how daddy's doing. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm fine with them working like that. I'm fine with Kenny Omega being the new champion. I thought it was a weird way to kind of go out. But again, that story is being overshadowed because sting is all elite. You saw you the debut. Yeah. Do uh, you think that's overshadowed by Sting? I think that's what people are talking about. I don't think they're talking about the Kenny Omega title change as much as they're talking about Sting. No. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that you think that that that, that, I, that I'm I'm full of shit on that.
1: No, 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 no. no, no I I've, I've kind of been out of the loop a little bit on 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 that end of things last few days, so you may be right. I'm just I, saying I I that's I, I Wow. I'm a little shocked about that. I I can at least, at best, I could see it being on the same level, but I I can see the, I don't feel like it's on the same level at all.
0: I don't think it's like, Oh, this happened this week on dynamite. And to me, it feels like what people are talking about in the Twitterverse on Facebook and just in general is Sting making his debut. And you have now, you've had an opportunity to see Sting's debut on all elite wrestling's dynamite program, correct? Yes. And he's, they they've, they've um, promoted that he's actually going to say his first words on Dynamite on this coming Wednesday's um, programming, right? Yeah, yep. And I, I I hate to be that guy. I was I was not overwhelmed by Sting's debut on All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite program. I thought him coming on and the appearance that he made. To me, was a little over under underwhelming. I, did, I didn't think it was that great. It, for if you're a nostalgia person and you loved Nitro back in the day, and you were a huge NWA and WCW fan like we were, you got a kick out of it. I I he kind of walked around. He got in people's faces. He left. It allowed it allowed Tony Schiavone and and Jim Ross to you know fuck off for a little while, and they tried to sell it as best they could, which was fine. That's their job. It's Sting, which is fine. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I, none of those guys said the magic words. Sting is all elite. That's what you're supposed to say. Not yet. Not yet. Hopefully they'll say. And I was, I was not particularly uh, overwhelmed. And somebody had said, well, you know, I, I again, as I do, it's my brand. I, I kind of shit on this. Somebody had tweeted out, "Well, you know, it looks like the the power balance of wrestling truly has changed." I and mean, either with it sarcastically or not, and I go, "Well, yeah, I think if Tony Khan signs a couple more sixty year olds, Vince is going to be screwed." I mean, because he is. He was born in nineteen fifty nine. Steve Borden was, and I'm not saying he can't change things. His his run, if you call it that, in WWE was how shall we say was Does that a ask- run? It was disastrous. The last time that we heard from Sting in World Wrestling Entertainment, he was injured on that buckle bomb by Seth Rollins. He made it a point of saying, I I believe he said this. Somebody can check Mm -hmm. me on this. I think he said Seth Rollins was the best guy he was ever in the ring with. I'm pretty sure you're right. I believe he said that. I mean, the guy who wrestled Ric Flair multiple times said that Seth Rollins was the best guy he's ever been in the ring with. So, I don't know what we do here at AEW. The We're guy saying, that right?
1: basically ended his career, but essentially that's not
0: and I, the point. Never mind that. I don't even I don't even blame Seth Rollins so much for that. No, no, no. I'm not saying it that way. But it's a stupid move. It's a really dumb move. And, yeah, and the buckle I, bomb I, in and of itself, and I, I, I they should stop move. doing it. Stu- and I think they outlawed it for a long time in WWE. Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, can I say this about Sting? And, and, and I'm kind of glad you said that because I was Thank debating you. on whether or not to say anything Thank because you. I didn't want to get any ramifications coming back on me on it. But I just, because he's such a popular guy and, and I'm not, I'm not saying I hate Sting, but honest to goodness, man, I've never really been a big Sting guy. I'm, I, think I, 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 I think I'm,
0: I think I'm with you on this. Uh, absolutely.
1: I, I, you know, yeah, I, I can see that, you know. Uh, uh, he's okay. He's never had a great promo. I mean, he's maybe had
0: a couple great promos. I'm not saying never, but well, generally most, speaking, his let's, promos let's, let's let's say it for what it is. The most over he ever was was that year in his life when he said nothing. Right. That's the most over the. Right. I'm sorry.
1: I, I mean, that's and that quote unquote speaks volumes. You to know. Me.
0: I mean, so. I, I, again, I'm not. I'm not not shitting on the guy. I I like the guy. I'm not crazy. I think part of it was at the time when he was ascending in NWA, we were too old to really get into the kid aspect of it. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right there. The way that he appealed to the the little kids with the face paint and shit and the wild hair and stuff and the crazy pants and all that stuff, we were too old for that. And that didn't appeal to us. I, you know, I, re- I recognized him as a ma- He was a made guy. Ric Flair made him and he would tell you that, you know, Sting would tell you that in a heartbeat and he was a pretty good worker and he had a good look and all that stuff, but he was never a guy that moved the needle all that great for me. And then he was, he was too one dimensional almost for me too. I would say so. Um, the, the other part of that was that when, when he had the the chapter two of his career and did the crow character, he was fine um, and, and that was a very, they did, it was one of the few things that they did perfectly in WCW to have that year long build, of uh, the, the Luger versus Sting, their friendship fracturing and then the, you know, uh, all of the things that were happening. And then Sting is coming back to the promotion to save WCW from the new world order and all that shit. So that, that was, that was fine. Um, then you get into a kind of murky waters with his TNA run. And you're like, yeah, Sting and TNA, yeah. there was some good stuff there. There was, and the shit that yeah. happened in TNA was never his fault for sure, right? No, no, yeah, you know, no, you're right. No, this one wasn't his fault. Well, I mean, you
1: could say it's his fault for getting involved doing, in it to start with, but, I mean, how do you kind of know right. things would turn out the way they would, you know? Then if
0: you want to go down that road, it's like you can blame Kurt Angle for not knowing how shitty, uh, you know, TNA was going to become, or you can you can talk to any number of people about that. Well, I will say this. At that point in their careers, mm-hmm. you would think they would have
1: a little bit of savvy on uh, as far as kind of peeling the onion back a little bit when they get there and seeing what's going on before they kind of get mixed up, mixed up in it. But then, you know, then again, who knows, man, they could have had the wool completely pulled over their eyes from the get go. And they just honestly didn't know, but I just thought maybe, you know, at that point, like I said, in their, their wrestling careers, they would maybe be a little more, I don't know, a little more, um, Cognizant of things, you know.
0: Right. Well, at that point, Kurt was so pilled out of his mind, he didn't know what was going on. Okay, fair point. So that continued for a number of number of times. I always like to bring up Rocka Khan. That's always and like well, my favorite thing. You can't I, imagine a sober Kurt Angle ever being in a relationship for any period of time with Rocka Khan. Right? That was just the
1: weirdest shit. Was, dude. Like those I, just, those it's two were together. Always been weird
0: to me, man. And then. I mean, there's just some weirdness with Kurt getting so upset about the situation with Jeff and Karen and all that stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I, even I though Jeff was... gave him his word, Jeff gave everybody his word, to do, you know, and I, and it was like, it's fine, whatever, whatever. It's so, it's so bizarre. Uh But I've never, and, and then after you go with Impact, you have that that run in WWE, which was not great it just wasn't that good. It lasted not that people were excited well, about. It. I wouldn't
1: even say it was good. okay. I will say this. I will okay. I will this is as far as I'll go with the WWE run as as far as it being anywhere close to good was the when he when the lights first went out when he very first was coming on and the crows go yeah rah, or whatever. You know, that that first like, "Oh shit," you know. Really? Sting, you know, after that, it was just
0: complete nosedive, man. I'll, I'll say you're right about this, um, but I'm also going to shit on this even harder. At that point, isn't he kind of junior varsity undertaker? Lights go down. Guy comes up. You know, it's dark. Here's his face. Oh, my God. He's going to avenge something. Sting's going to avenge something or some someone, right?
1: Yeah. But only because he's in WWE and everybody in WWE is knows the Undertaker. Exactly. I don't think I don't think Sting's character was ever built around the Undertaker. Per se, I, you know,
0: I don't think so. Do you? Am I wrong there? No, it wasn't. But it was like it, 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 the obvious comparisons are going to be there. Like, yeah, he, oh yeah, once he's in WWE, for sure, man. The obvious is like you know, lights go down. This guy, and then he's yeah. Maybe there was a plan at some point for him to work Undertaker before he took that buckle bomb. I don't know. I'm not that sure. Been
1: died. Yeah,
0: that would have been some shit. So the plan. Weren't they,
1: all, no, wait a minute. Weren't they in? Weren't they in? Or were they? In, in Mid-Atlantic, M- NWA, it was the same time when he was mean Mark Callis. I think they were in they
0: were Memphis. They cross paths. They might have been. Yeah, they, there might have been something. It seems like maybe they were in Memphis at the same time when they were the Blade Runners and and Mark yeah. was first starting out or something. Okay. There, maybe. there might have been some also some thing there. I don't know. Um, I've never really heard Undertaker talk at all about Sting. I, I'm not okay. really sure how that works out. And so so I, do you think they came along close to the same time, you know, about the same time. to the business and that sort Th- of thing? There was an ascendancy. So the plan, it looks like in all of the wrestling, is going to be Cody against Sting? Is that what it looks like now? I, man, I'm not real sure. I'm not sure what the, what's going on there. That's what it looks like they're trying to set up, so I don't, I'm not really sure how that works out. Is this going to be a dusty
1: thing? Is it going to be a, you know, Sting's going to have some... I uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember him and Dusty ever having any kind of,
0: you know. That's another thing about Sting is like from the day back when you were like when Mid-Atlantic was running really good and they were making tons of money and they they were banging tons of chicks. You never hear about him like banging a lot of chicks and stuff on the road. You'd never it was, hear about – Didn't he have a girlfriend or something? And I think he was, he was married like the whole time, but that never Mary stopped. he was any married either. even, yeah. That never even stopped the other ones. It never stopped any of them.
1: Well, you know, can't knock the dude for that. I mean, are you, are you saying it's – what are you saying? It's just odd, I guess? Yeah, it's or? just
0: weird. Like, you would think as a baby face at that time, he would have been out like scores and scores. Did you, again, you ever heard the Cornette podcast this week? Cornette is – somebody called in and or somebody wrote in and they were like – these numbers that Ric Flair gives out about how many chicks that he banged, this is not realistic. And they went through it, and Cornette goes, well, "Yeah, I I was hitting somewhere in the neighborhood of that number." I'm like, "What? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> rewind. And, what? Hang on." He goes, "I he goes, I can't believe that Ric Flair would be doing worse than me, and I was I was doing like." And he goes through the numbers and shit, but he's counting like if 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 Jim Cornette, and he apparently had a five some one time with. uh you know, four other chicks, I'm assuming. And I wasn't jealous of any of them. I'm just going to say that for the record. Did he, uh, do you know who they were? Uh, one of them was my mom. So oh. I'm not really I'm kidding. I'm I'm joking. Although, well, how do you
1: know? How, how do you know that you're not jealous of that? Like, I know, right?
0: <laughs> well, I'm just gonna go with any chick that would fuck Jim Cornette back in 1987. I'm, I'm. That's, I'm not. Just jealous. that one year. Yeah, well,
1: I, I just picked one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That, yeah, 80, eighty-seven be,
0: okay. Eighty-seven was a terrible crop of rats. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. They were just like the worst. There. Hideous.
1: It was like a, I forgot about the old rat year of nineteen eighty seven. Oh,
0: everybody talks about how terrible those rats were in eighty seven. That was like when uh in the movie Almost Famous when the other roadies come in after they after those girls, the first wave leaves. Ah, yes. So this is Jim Cornette math, right? Ready? If he fucks okay. four girls in a hotel room, he counts that as four experiences. Four Jim Cornette experiences. And that's where holding up the number four for for the four horsemen came from. He goes up to he goes up to Arne Anderson and he goes, how many chicks did you fuck last night? And he goes, four, motherfucker. And he holds up the four fingers and Arne goes, I'm going to use that. Um, that's that's not true. I just made that up. <laughs> that it good. Over there at the Best Western, I fucked four chicks one night, motherfucker. And Arne goes, I'm going to take that and use it. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Take this and use it, motherfucker. <laughs> you would think Sting as a prominent baby face. See I, and they don't talk about they don't talk about Steamboat either. I I I feel pretty confident. Steamboat was one of those guys that had like girlfriends up in Virginia Beach and Greensboro and Raleigh and you know Baltimore and Greenville South Carolina. You know, I, I got to feel pretty closely that that happened. Now he, I, I he tries to go ahead, they promoted him this image of this family man with him and little Ricky and all that other shit. Um but no, I don't. I don't believe that that <laughs> little Ricky. Ah 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 ah. You got to explain it to do about fucking that ratty Greensboro. but ah 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 ah. Of course, they tried to for about Ric Flair. Is that Family Guy too? You know, as the family man when they brought him down. Yeah, bath at ringside
1: and there's bloody and all that other shit. Yeah, <laughs> they tried real hard with that.
0: What was the? <laughs> When I was doing one of those flashbacks with Bruce Mitchell one time and they were talking about Stark, he goes, and that was the fantasy about the women with the b Ric Flair or or really the reality. <laughs> 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 but my point, and I did have one when I started the story, you don't hear Sting. Sting must have as a baby face at that time. Certainly there were a lot of chicks that would have wanted to get those Zubaz off of him and start, you know, getting on the <laughs> getting on the D, and then hearing him say, Woo! Getting, like getting on the little stinger. And how did they not? How did they keep him from back in the day? Like from quitting? He started doing the woo. It's like how you're ripping off Ric Flair.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that bothered me about Steve. I, I hated that. That was so stupid. I mean, his
0: you know, woo is like different than Ric Flair's woo. He would just go ha, or something like. It was weird. And maybe that's it's how like he's that's just croak.
1: screaming. Yeah, I no, don't, yeah.
0: So I don't. I don't know. And I don't it's know more
1: Jerry to, Clower-ish, You
0: know. For, and again, I don't, I don't want to be that guy because I, of the programs that I watch every week, I am more likely to watch Dynamite than either Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. Uh, that, I, 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 that's the program that I prefer over any of the other ones. But I just don't see, again, for a, a show that's like, we're the, we're the 18 to 49 favorite. Do the 18 to 49-year-old people really dig Sting that much? Especially the lower parts of that demo. They don't, they don't, I mean, they've been told by their dads and their grandfathers even that Sting is this guy they should watch, but I don't, I don't know how that moves the needle on that.
1: I don't either, man.
0: And God I, bless I, them for their success in the 18 to 49 demo because they still continue to do extremely well. Well, if but everybody's I, talking about it, then apparently it served its purpose. Did it I not? I guess, I guess that's the deal. But I, as far as like how many geriatric human beings can this man work with? Once he works with Cody at the age of 60, 61 years old. He's, much, he's only four years away from Medicare, and, that's again, that's how you get the four horsemen, four. <laughs> Medicare, four years. Are we going to have Medicare Plan D on a poll in this promotion? I'm just curious. Does anybody want to do that? Is there a reverse mortgage on a poll match coming to all Tom Selleck is all elite. Tom Selleck, <laughs> Tom is Selleck all elite. yes. He's on the way. He is all elite. I don't know. So I was not I was rory. not overwhelmed by the sting thing. I was underwhelmed by it. Um, I will see what he has to say. I don't know if this is going to be. He's got his all elite wrestling t shirt, which I'm sure you can buy at awshop.com. So that's fine. Um, but I'm I'm not overly meh. I Again, I w- I'm more excited about some of the younger talent. I'm more excited about MJF and Ricky Starks. These are guys that are in their 20s who are just getting started and they're doing a great job.
1: Yeah. Definitely, those two for sure.
0: Any any idea – do you have any thoughts about them maybe taking the title off of Mox too early? Eh, well, yeah, I
1: don't think so. I mean, he's had it for a good good while now. They and, made it mean something, which is
0: a good thing. Yeah, they made it mean yeah. – I'll give them complete credit for that. I, I still yeah. have no idea what they're trying to accomplish with the TNT Championship, and really nobody else does either. No, no. It,
1: it's just something to get some – I don't know. I don't know what it was created
0: for. I would certainly hope that Cassidy get a Cass- buzz
1: going or something
0: again, this partnership with impact wrestling. I hope orange Cassidy does win the X division title. Well, I'm, fingers are crossed. You I, know, I hope you nobody's been able to define or explain exactly what the X division title is. So does it still exist? Can I just ask that? Do we know? I think it's still a thing and I have no idea who holds uh, it. I have I no guess. idea. It may be like a restroom attendant at a gas station somewhere in Illyria, uh, Ohio or something. I have no idea. And that and, and that NWA Central States
1: title that's Central still around. Right.
0: No, the, we did find out that the Brass Knuckles Championship is no longer a thing. We it's no, it definitely, a
1: definitely thing. no longer a thing. Okay. No,
0: you can You cannot win the brass. And now, if Tony Khan gets totally markish and starts making a deal with Billy Corgan, we could see a fight for the Brass Knuckles Championship, and all that's right. And we might even see the return of Black Bart. You never know. I have no idea. Any closing thoughts for another award winning episode of Katie Vick is Alive? Yes.
1: I actually have a closing thought this time since we were talking about all elite there at the end. I got to tell you, Hikaru Shida is really starting to grow on me. Okay. She's, and I follow her on Instagram, and god dang, she's just the cutest thing. And, and, and I really enjoy her in the ring. I think she's better than I give her credit for. And I'm glad she's
0: champion. I just want to, I just want to say that. I'll, I'll keep an open mind. I've not been a huge fan of her, but that's fine, and I I'll, understand. I'll continue to see what she brings to the business, and um, that's fine.
1: I, I understand those those Asian girls. They're 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 really I don't that's, know. In my Kenny, older age, they're, they're they're really doing something for me here.
0: Kenny Omega's pussy, and you keep your hands off of it, pal.
1: I know, Kenny Omega. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I'm not
0: I'm not treading on your. He's, he's the tail champion. There. That's right. He's just the champion, and he ain't sharing. <laughs> a greedy fucker. Uh, follow Bryant on Instagram and on Twitter at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. The show can be followed at Katie Vick Alive. I am on Twitter at Britt Whitmire. I am on Instagram at B-Dub4Reels, B-D-U-B number 4-R-E-E-L-Z. And if you like what we do and you want to save some money at Christmas on all of your gifts from Amazon, just shop at KatieVic.com. That's KatieVic.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.